but if you have your Bibles, I want to look at uh, the book of Acts in chapter 12. Uh, a little uh, thing here. There's, there's a lot of, uh, I guess, messages you can get out of this chapter. And uh, I looked over it, and there's a few viewpoints that I would like to look at tonight, and uh, we'll get into that. But I, I want to start in uh, Acts chapter 12 and verse 1. I want to do a little bit of reading here with the help of the Lord. Somebody get me some water. I think we, oh, never mind, there's some right here. But uh, we went to eat lunch earlier, and my mouth is about as dry as... <laughs> I eat whatever is stuck in front of me most of the time. <laughs> Make no questions. Uh, yeah, and if you would, uh, let's do the word that way tonight. Let's eat what's put in front of us and don't ask no questions. Uh, physical food is good. But I tell you what, the spiritual food. I think I can go longer without physical food than I could spiritual food. I, I think I'd probably... Uh, <laughs> Would starve to death spiritually before I would physically. I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love love the Word of God, and what it is, you know, to our lives. And this story here is such an encouragement, uh, uh, because of the persecution, you know, of the church, and and people of God. Now, we'll look look here in the, the first chapter while you're standing. Uh, to reverence God's Word, it says, "Now about that time, hurried." The king stretched forth his hand and, uh, to vex certain of the church, in other words, to harass it. And he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, <clears throat> he proceeded further to take Peter's life also. And then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had uh, apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four coordinations uh, of soldiers to keep him in uh, intending after Easter to bring him forth uh, to the people. And Peter therefore was kept in the prison, but like this, but prayer was made without ceasing uh, of the church unto God for him. Let's pray. Lord, we know that of ourselves we're nothing and we can do nothing. Uh, we're fearful and seems like all that we face in life. But we know in whom we trust, and we trust in you tonight for your word and for your guidance. Uh, it ain't what I can do, Lord, but it's what you can do. Yes. And we pray that your spirit fills this house, Lord, and has liberty to move in hearts. Yes. And Lord, we pray that we not be any, a hindrance to anything, Lord, that you have uh, will to do. But we want to look to you tonight, Lord, in your, in your word, and the grace that you've given us through your Son, in the cross, Lord, and all that you've done, Lord, we want to reverence you and look to you in all things, Lord. We pray that you bless you tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. You can be seated. Now we see here the persecution that comes upon uh, the church. And I, I have a few verses y'all want to read. Uh... In the book of John, chapter uh, 15, and verse uh, 18 and 19, it says, If the world hates you, this is the Lord talking to the disciples, He said, If the, if the world hates you, uh, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
It says in verse 19, if you were of the world, the world would love its own. It'd love you. If you were of the world, do not people buddy you up? Everywhere you see, if you're doing something ungodly, yeah, they'll buddy right up to you. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. You're different. You're not like them. We know how it was when we lived in sin, and anything that kind of I steered away from it or made us feel a little bit funny, we didn't like it. And what made us feel a little bit more weird than to sit in the church house and hear somebody say, the way you're living, there's a better way. See, we didn't want to hear that. We didn't want to hear somebody tell us there's a better way of living because we thought we had it figured out. We thought we was happy where we was. We liked the seat that we were sitting in. It felt good. Hey, we could do whatever we wanted to because it was our decision to make the decisions and make the choices and things. And we had no, you know, we didn't want anything to come in contrary with that. But when it comes to the point where the minister said, you need Jesus, that felt kind of funny. And when he said, you live in sin and what you're doing is wrong, we didn't like that. We didn't like it. Come on, brother. And when the conviction fell on us and the spirit started moving, man, that didn't feel funny, didn't it? It made us realize something that, hey, maybe I am going in the wrong direction. Maybe all these troubles that I'm having and all these things I'm going through, maybe I brought this on myself. And maybe a life of sin ain't for me. Maybe I should listen to what the minister's saying. He might be right. Maybe he might be right. And guess what we found out? He was right. And something began to stir inside of us. We realized something. We realized that we were lost in sin. We realized, just like Peter here in this story, we were imprisoned and we were bound. And we couldn't free ourselves. What do you do? Okay, if I'm bound in this place that I'm standing in, this place that I'm sitting in isn't right, and we're bound in it, what do we do to get out of it? Because we can't on our own. Do you have a way? There is no way. Sin, (laughs) I like the way Apostle Paul said it, where sin abound, grace much more abound. Say, what are you saying? Well, if sin was this wide, guess what? Grace was a whole lot wider. If sin was as high as this ceiling, grace was a whole lot taller. So it didn't make any difference how much sin there was in your life. Grace was bigger. God's love for you is bigger than the sin that you're in. Mm. Well, that'll preach whether I do it or not. I want to speak a little bit on on the Herod here in the story because there's three Herods. And I I like getting into the characters because it gives you a little bit more insight on on who it was and what was going on. And sometimes I'll look into Bible history to get a little more insight. But... This Herod here was Agrippa, Herod Agrippa the, the first. 
And Paul deals with uh, Herod Agrippa II on up in the book of Acts. But then there was the, the Herod that uh, was Agrippa's father, which was Herod the Great. And this Herod, he was the one that uh, had sought for the infant Jesus and had every child under two years old slaughtered because he wanted to be king. He didn't want anybody taking his place or rising up. He heard about a king, and then when the, here come these uh, the uh, wise men saying, we're, we, we saw the star and we're coming looking for a king. So I heard, hey, I'm king. <laughs> we don't need another king here in Israel. And they were on the Jordan River, Palestine, on the west side of the Jordan River. That was their, their providence that they took care of. And they were Clint, and they were under, under Rome. Even in the, I guess, Roman-Jewish war, uh, the Agrippa II was on the Roman side. See, for the Jews, they were on the Roman side. They wanted to see the Romans win. But anyway, it's just, just a little bit of insight. And I also realized this when I was looking through, just doing a little research on them, that they had actually carved... Uh, I guess, figures or uh, a bust of Agrippa I. Then they had two carved of his son, Agrippa II. And I looked at these, you know, just these busts, and you could see that uh, they were re related. The father and the son looked a lot alike. And then they had a picture or a carving, rather, of him when he was at a young age, maybe 17 to 20, somewhere in there. And you could see that it was the same guy. He was just older. And I thought, you know, history has a little bit, you know, of insight. I don't totally go by history. I look at history because history has a lot of flaws in it. Some, they get it wrong a lot. But in looking at this, you could tell that it was, you know, they had the Agrippas right. And this Agrippa here, Agrippa the first, had three children. There was Agrippa the second. Bernice, and Drusilla, which is spoken of on up in the book of Acts. And Bernice, I looked at a little bit of history on her. Uh, in here, it's called Queen Bernice. And I thought, well, you know what? That's Agrippa's wife. But it wasn't. It was Agrippa's sister. And what had happened, Agrippa's sister, Bernice, got married at the age of 12 to her uncle, and when she was 20 years old, she had kids under him. And when she was 20 years old, then he, he passed away. And then Bernice moves back into the palace with the grip of the second and Drusilla. Now, Drusilla was married to Felix in the Bible. You'll find that on up in there, which I'm going to uh, later on, I'll, I'll <clears throat> have, a, I guess, a message on that if Lord, Lord bids. But that's kind of how all this ties together as far as the you know, authority here. And uh, there are some, some wrongs I, I can see with people that are without because they think I can do anything I want to and it don't matter, you know. They don't believe that there's a God. They don't believe that God you know, has power to do things. But you don't go against God, you know. A lost person can get away with a few things, but you don't challenge God and you don't go against God. And... And if you're going to rise up and start attacking the church, let me tell you something. 
you're in trouble. Why? Because God defends those that are His. You don't just do stuff like that and walk away thinking, you know, how, how would you like if somebody come up and done something mean to your kid? You're going to say, oh, oh well. No, you're going to be right in their faces, aren't you? You're going to be pointing them down the road. Well, God is the same way with you. And He protects you. He watches over you. Now, now we can endure, you know, somebody saying something, you know. Sometimes somebody says something to my kids. I don't go down and attack them because they said something mean to my kids. But if they hurt my kid, that's a different story. And we, we've learned in Scripture also that, that God, uh, the Scripture teaches that it was better to have a millstone about your neck cast into the sea than to offend one of these little ones. See, God gets offensive toward that too. When you start doing things to abuse children, all this abortion in our land, look at our land. It's paying for it. It's paying for it. The wrong things that we do have consequences. So here's Harry. And he comes up against James. Which, you know, I can look at this too. <laughs> he thinks he gets James and he gets away with it. That it has no effect on his life, you know. So he takes Peter because he saw how it pleased the Jews. But this was at the time of, of Passover. So they had to give him a little bit of space because of Passover. So he takes Peter. And he arrests Peter. Don't think that the world won't persecute you sometimes, because they will. And I, I hope it don't come down. I hope the Lord flies us out of here before it ever happens. But they may come time when they kill Christians in our own land. It, it may get to that. I hate it. I hope it doesn't happen. I hope we're gone before it gets that bad. But guess what? It might happen. And some of us might have to give our lives for the stand of Christ. But guess what? It'll be all right. Because I want to tell you something. When I stand before the city and I look at it all, probably as far as my eyes can see what God has laid up for those that are His, do you think I'm going to complain because somebody killed me? You think I'm going to complain because I had to suffer just a little bit, a little bit of persecution on this side, when I can look across that and say, my goodness. What was I complaining about down here? Oh my goodness, the trouble that I went through down here. How in the world can I complain about it? And the Lord is preparing that for you right now. And we complain. I can't... I, mm. <laughs> He's worthy. He's worthy of my suffering. He's worthy of my persecution. He's worthy of what I go through. That's right. Did He not go through it for me? Did He not suffer it for me? Was He not thinking of me before I was ever born? He looked down through time and He said, Chris is going to need me. He's going to need me to do that. Guess what? If I don't do that, Chris 
is going to lose his soul in hell because of sin. Because of the same thing Peter's got there, bound in prison. Sin had me bound in prison. The shackles on my hands and the demons on both sides. This is where Peter was found. When he was arrested. He was just a Christian. It didn't say he was a murderer or he'd done some great wrong. He was a Christian. And they bound him with chains. And they put guards on each side of him. And guess what? Two guards on the outside the door. And then they had wards <laughs> that they had to go through. The Bible speaks of the first ward and the second ward. And they had to go through those. Guess what? The angel led him right through it. He came into the prison there and he said the prison lit up. I don't know about you, but you can walk in my bedroom at nighttime and flip the light on and I'm up. What? You know, what's going on? But here comes an angel in the prison and those men didn't move. You think the world has power over God? It only has what God allows it. It only has what God gives it. They think they're wise, but guess what? We're foolish. We're foolish. And get this, old Peter was sleeping too. And the angel goes, Peter, get up. Gert yourself. We're leaving. Where's the church at? Man, they was praying their hearts out for Peter. They done the scene that James had been slew by, by Herod. And they were praying. They were in, in a room, man. They was going at it. Lord, save Peter. He's in prison. They're going to kill him. Go down and save him. And the angel shows up. Get up, Peter. Gert yourself. Guess what? The shackles fell off of his hands. He got up. Put his clothes on, probably half asleep. I don't know. Explains a little later. Peter thought he was seeing a vision or maybe dreaming. I don't know. And he gets up and he follows the angel. Wait a minute. Now there's guards at the door. There's still guards at the door. Guess what? The prison door. Poop. Pops open. What about them two guards out there? Well, they never done a thing, did they? They were just like these other two. Sleep. Walk right past them, on out, first ward, boop, walk right on through. Second ward, ding, right on through. Wait a minute now, this is a maximum security prison, you can't get out. And they walked out and said when they come through the gate, it opened of its own accord. Who owns the elements and who made them? The oxygen that you're breathing right now, guess what? God made it. Every time you take a breath, you borrowed that. Go out in space, there ain't no oxygen. He put it here for you. This place was made for you. He put food here for you. He put everything that you would need on this earth for you. Hmm. So, it said when they got out in the first street there, the angel vanished. And Peter's 
like, comes to himself and realizes what was done. Oh, my goodness. I was in there bound. And now I'm standing out here in the street. The shackles fell off. Yeah. The door opened. The gate, and it's all accord. That wasn't a dream. It really happened. Can God do that? Yes. Absolutely he can. Absolutely he can. So what was Peter's first thoughts? I got, I got to go tell Mary. I got to go see John Mark. Yeah, I, I got to go. So he went down there where they were praying. Boom, 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 knocks on the door, and the lady comes over and realizes it's Peter's voice. Rhoda, I think her name was. And she's like excited. What, 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 what? We've been praying about this. And Peter is at the door. So she goes back and she tells them uh, hard praying Christians uh, back there who are praying for that God would deliver Peter, that he's at the door. Your prayers came through. He's at the door. And they said, woman, you're crazy. You're crazy. You must be mad. There's no way. I know it's what we was praying for, but we didn't really think it was going to happen. We didn't really think that uh, God was going to send an angel down to deliver Peter right out of prison. There was too much there to get around. But we was just praying for him anyway, I guess. Hoping maybe some miracle would happen. Where do miracles come from? So when they come to the gate and they open it up and there was Peter. <laughs> How would you feel? You're praying your heart out. God, please, please do this for me. I've prayed all night long. I've prayed for, I've prayed for months on this. And you open the door and there it is. I didn't really think he was going to do it. I mean, is that how we are? I didn't really think he was going to do it. I was hoping he would. Our faith is so weak. We pray about something and we don't believe. Now let's get into this hard thing. Because here's this, this great herd here, and he's doing great swelling things. And I'm going to go down here to verse 20. I want you to see what happened. We see how that prayer was made for Peter, and it wasn't nothing hard the Agrippa or anybody else could do about it. Peter walked right out of there, and nobody could stop it. And Herod was highly displeased with them of Tyre and Sidon. But they came with one accord to him. And having made Blastus <coughs> the king's chamberlain, their friend desired peace because their country was nourished by the king. Uh, by, by the king's country, and upon a set of uh, upon a uh, seat, set day, sorry, Herod in royal apparel sat upon his throne and made an orientation unto 
them. <clears throat> so here it was, all decked out, making this orientation in all his glory. And the people gave a shout saying, it is the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately, right then, the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not God the glory. And he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. But the word of God grew and it multiplied. Who's going to come out on top? Always. Not sometimes. Who's going to come out on top? Well, I guess the guy that made it all. I guess the guy that, that, that is the creator who gave life, who blessed life, who saved life, he's going to come out on top. And when the world thinks they've stomped it all down, anything that has to do with God, and they've pushed us back, and they've closed the doors, and they've taken away our Bibles, and we're standing out in the cold, guess what? God still wins. He still wins. And we might have to suffer just a little bit. Sometimes we have to suffer just a little bit. I tell you what, put me out there in the woods and give me God and nothing else, and I'll eat squirrels or whatever, I'll survive. I'll be like Elijah, I'll drink from the brook, and the birds can bring me bread. Why? Because I know him, and I know he'll take care of me. It may not happen just like that, but he will take care of me. And if I have to die for him, guess what? Looking across the span of heaven, it'll be all right. Because I'm not fighting for this side. There's no span of heaven on this side. It ain't on this side. Heaven ain't down here. I ain't seen heaven down here anywhere. The glory that God has for you, you're not going to see it on this side. But guess what? It's coming. It's coming. The Lord's coming, and it's coming with Him. Be ready, be ready, be ready. Get up in the morning and look for it. And if it ain't there, look for it the next day. And if it ain't there, get up the next morning and look for it again. Because guess what? It is coming, and it is assured that it will be here. It will be here. When you're on the job and you're hating it, and some of you will, and the world is just disgusting, you turn on the news and there's nothing uplifting at all. It's all depressed. Just depression all the time. Guess what? Look for him because he's still coming. We got corrupt leaders, I know. But guess what? Look for him. He's coming. The world's flipping upside down. We got wars going on right now. But guess what? Look for him because he's coming. Revelation is being unfolded right in front of our very eyes. But look for him. He's coming. And guess what? If you know him, he's taking you out of here. Boom! And we're gone. You won't even have time to go, ah, ah. Oh, they're gone. The church is gone. How about get ready right now? I think everybody here probably knows him. If you're already. How about we do this? How about we just trust him then? 
Because we've already won. We know that. We're going to have to suffer a few things, yeah. But we've already won. And guess what? Even in my suffering, does he not deliver? My father, my brother had cancer. Did not God deliver? But the guy down the road said, but my friend had cancer and he died. The Bible explains to us, and it says it's first appointed for a man to die. I've lived 53 years. If I died right here on this very spot, guess what? I have been blessed, and God is still good. But if I only live two days in this world, guess what? <laughs> I'm still blessed. And God is still good. Praise the Lord. That's right. Hopefully, what I've brought tonight will be a blessing to you throughout this week and an encouragement to you. In life, because we all are burdened with something. We all daily suffer in something, but we have the assurance. It ain't something I wonder about. I don't wonder, is, is God really going to deliver me? I'm glad I got over that. I know that he is. I'm, I'm not wondering about, does God really live in me? Did he really save me? Guess what? I got over that. I know he did. I know he did. And it's not because of my works and what I've done. It's what he's done. It's what he's done. I think most of all these herds who thought they had power and thought they could do whatever they wanted sitting in their seats telling somebody else what to do living in their own little world guess what? Suffered. Who really? Who really got victory in this? I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Harry and all his glory would have swapped places with James. Really? In a heartbeat. He would have swapped places. If he could have his choice right now, he'd swap places with James. And said, kill me instead. Kill me instead. Give me another chance to believe. My goodness, I, I mean, that boggles my mind that people that have lost their souls and all they had to do was believe for crying out loud. All they had to do was believe and trust in Jesus. How sad. World, wake up. Unbelief is what sends people to hell. It ain't because they've been so bad that God had to do something with them. It's unbelief because they didn't trust Him. Man, I'd rather suffer like James here anytime as to go on blinded in life and then die and lose it all because I didn't believe. It was put in front of me a lot. People preached it. The church encouraged it. I steered clear from it and then I died lost because I didn't believe. How simple, how simple salvation is. Believe today. If you're saved, guess what? Believe. Right. <laughs> Believe. Yep. Yep. Believe in Him. Yes. Yes. 
I'm going to come to a close. And I don't know what we need to do next. <laughs> but I love the Lord. I was, I was kind of nervous about giving this right here, but... But just like Kinder, I'm going to overcome. And I'm going to have a new song. <laughs> and guess what? I'm going to sing it as loud as I can sing it. It may not be here. <laughs> it may be on the other side that I get that new song. But guess what? I'm going to sing it. Oh, you'll hear me in the back. It might not sound too clear or too <laughs> plain. I don't know. Me screaming at the top of my lungs, it probably won't sound too much in key. But guess what? I'm going to sing it. I'm going to sing it. Amen. Amen.